Welcome to the Will You Grow Show. How are you? I'm Angelique, founder of the Will You Grow Show and willyougrow.com, an inspirational multimedia company that provides education and mentoring to nurture empowerment and joy. Our weekly grow show begins by tackling touchy subjects that'll tickle your tempestuous thoughts, fan your eternal flame, and salve your soul with hope. Halfway through, we'll take a 60-second look at what clients have to say, and then we go hands-on to talk fun tips and tools for you to begin implementing today's lesson in your life. Here in the studio with me today are our audio aficionado, Ben, and our video Santa, Neil. They do the vital work of making this show happen while sharing their colorful commentary. <laughs> That's a good word for it. <laughs> and today's show topic is fairy tale logic. Do you have any? And if so, how might it be affecting you and your family? This episode is sponsored by Life and Nature, who keep our hearts beating and our world turning, and by the Carrie Campbell Foundation, which supports creative video content that increases love among all people. We say thank you to the Carrie Campbell Foundation and each and every one who has given a gift to make our work possible. Now, on to today's topic, fairy tale logic. Love them or hate them, fairy tales can linger within us and affect the way we see ourselves and others. Whether we envision being saved like sweet Cinderella being rich and powerful like Prince Charming, or being a villainous, sinister, puppy mill monster like Cruella de Vil, what we take from these characters and stories may impact us more than we know. In today's episode, we'll ferret out our own fairy tale logic and consider whether it brings us closer or farther from living our very own happily ever after. The Role of Imagination Absolutely vital is the role of imagination in fairy tales. As we watch movies like Shrek and Little Mermaid, or listen to a loved one as he or she reads to us from our pretty little paperback of Bluebeard or the Frog Prince, we follow our imagination as it transports us to an idea of a good and fun life. Through stories and fairy tales, we are taught at an early age to employ our imagination and begin a foundation in our mind of how good and happy people look. Now, please note, although fairy tales may stereotype male and female roles and offer other questionable concepts, for the sake of making our minds more beautiful today, the focus of today's discussion is ways we may use our imagination wisely. Creating fairy tale lives. Unconsciously, we may look to model fairy tale characters, since those mates may seem perfect and often live happily ever after. It's easy to see how, as youngsters, we might draw the conclusion that if our mommies and daddies would only be more romantic and look and act like big princes and princesses, that the family would be happier. As adults, we might also imagine that if only we would be more like the prince or princess, all would be well with our relationships. How many of us have imagined the following things? Women. 
Have you, at one time or another, imagined or now imagine being rescued from life's struggles by a charming prince? And men, how many of you have imagined or are now imagining saving a princess and then marrying her? And how many of us may have imagined or are currently imagining that our mate is a prince or princess? while we may overlook the truth, that he or she may also be abusive, controlling, addicted, or have some other devastating, draining, and difficult-to-live-with trait. Using our imagination in this way can be called fairy tale logic. It boxes us into either being good or bad, hero or villain. It does not take into account our whole story, our whole person, and the big picture of who we are. Anyone here relate to this? <laughs> I'm wondering. We'll touch base with Ben and Neil. Oh, does story anyone here time. relate to this? Um, <laughs> not time. me, but I actually right now am having to sort of ride this line of coaching my inexperienced, romantically inexperienced friend and uh, letting him learn his own lessons as he's just moved back to Tennessee from out of state and reconnected with this girl from college who's dating someone else. Mm -mm. And he's expressed feelings for this girl, had him since college. I guess they're still there and more poignant as the proximity has uh, increased. And um, yeah, I guess for whatever reason, she is doing a poor job of expressing a lack of interest in my friend. We'll call him Matt. We'll call him Matt. So Matt is, I guess, sort of, you know, you'd have to be living sort of this fairy tale thinking, fairy tale logic of, well, she's with Max now, but I'm going to be what she needs. And, one, you know, once she's with me, everything will be perfect. And it, it's not my place to judge, but I think that his um, lack of experience and her inability to effectively communicate the reality of the situation is uh, sort of creating a feedback loop of fairy tale thinking. Mm. Ah, that was a good yes. Analogy. Very good analogy. Thank you, Ben, for sharing the story about your friend. H hopefully <laughs> Matt uh, recovers soon. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yes, as we can see, fairy tale logic can cause some deep doo-doo. The trouble, stress, and drama doo-doo that we create by using our imaginations this way is deep. It results in men princes who look for women who need to be saved, also known as wimpy, whiny damsels in distress. If these men princes attempt to up-level by dating or marrying an empowered woman, one who does not need to be saved, he may unconsciously or intentionally behave in ways that decimate the woman's respect for herself and him. So he has the opportunity to be the hero and save her and the relationship. 
been there. <laughs> Women princesses are also affected. They may wait in dutiful obligation to be saved. They may judge themselves by the prince's standards of worth, leaving them uncertain whether their looks, charm, or who they are will be enough. They'll be difficult to satisfy, always searching for the right dress, shoes, hair, makeup, and jewelry, to, and carriage to keep the hook in their hero. <laughs> Here's what I've observed about fairy tale logic in myself and others. In mentoring people on their journey to empowerment and joy, I've seen how deeply people are affected by their own fairy tale logic. Most of us have fairy tale logic somewhere in the back of our minds, yet we may not know it. Then, if our reality does not agree with our imagined outcome, this disconnect can drive us to depression and addiction. Or, if we see it right, it can also change us. It can also be a catalyst for faith and change or somewhere in between. I am not immune to using my imagination to create fairy tale logic. Early on, I imagined one of my family members as a hero. I told myself that that person could do anything. Unconsciously, I imagined and believed that he was only what I thought were his good qualities, his hero qualities. The lie I told myself that accompanied this logic was that with enough love and support from me, he would choose to let go of what I judged were his bad qualities. By hero-fying him in this way, I allowed myself to love his good qualities and deny and ignore his bad qualities along with my pain and my unmet needs. In my 30s, I realized that by not accepting the whole of him, which included his bad qualities, I was also not accepting the whole of me and my experience. As a result, I unconsciously duplicated this experience in my relationships with men. They mimicked my family members' hurtful traits. It wasn't until I accepted all of my family member for who he was and accepted that my unmet needs were important and needed and worthy to be met now that I began to allow myself and others to truly care for me the way that I needed. Acknowledging the whole person can save a lot of heartache. Seeing and accepting ourselves and others in our entirety, with all of our characteristics, is the beginning and happy ending we seek. The villain and hero, the biddy and the princess within each of us, both deserve to be acknowledged for their respective power to drive our behavior. So many of us learn this the hard way. So, to what fairy tale characters do we most relate? Do we relate to Belle, Beauty, Beast, Bluebeard, Bambi, Maleficent, Ursula, Scar, or Jabba? <laughs> 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 
Do the qualities of the characters we choose empower or limit us? For example, if we see ourselves as Cinderella, does that mean that we let our family disrespect us like she did? Do we unconsciously imagine that that is how a good girl acts? If so, our affiliation with Cinderella is disempowering. Likewise, if we imagine that we are a powerful prince or hero, do we unconsciously imagine that our money and connections will win over a potential princess? If so, we may attract women who seek money and power. If we are wise, we will recognize both parts of us, the beauty and the beast, the jackal and the hide. Our ability to be inclusive of both our inner angel and our inner devil, <laughs> our inner hero and our inner villain, greatly determines our self-worth and ability to be compassionate. With inclusivity, we can see our whole structure and decide what we want to stay or go. We can remodel our character. With inclusivity, we free ourselves to apply our imagination proactively and consciously by choosing the qualities that we'd like to embody. And now, it's metaphysical tool time. We'll begin with an earth element that can help us fully see and accept ourselves and others. Then we'll reflect on some wisdom from the animal kingdom. And finally, we'll spotlight a special insect that can help us to transform. One of the world's most well-known gemstones for healing is the amethyst, which I wear in my earrings today. The stones you see here are tumbled and they have a matte finish. In their natural state, they are prism-shaped and often shiny. They may be found in various shades of purple, from light lavender to dark violet and eggplant. For the history and meaning of the amethyst, we'll read from this lovely book titled The Book of Stones, Who They Are and What They Teach. The amethyst has been prized for its beauty and its legendary energies for thousands of years. Neolithic people in Europe used it at least as early as 25,000 BC. And in ancient Egypt, it was made into beads and amulets. Early Greek and Roman societies placed high value on the amethyst, and it has long been viewed as a stone of royalty utilized in crowns, scepters, and the rings of bishops. Amethyst is said to have been the ninth stone in the breastplate of the... All right, I'll just start that section over. <laughs> Amethyst has been prized for its beauty and its legendary energies for thousands of years. Neolithic people in Europe used it at least as early as 25,000 BC. And in ancient Egypt, it was made into beads and amulets. Early Greek and Roman societies placed high value on the amethyst, and it has long been viewed as a stone of royalty, utilized in crowns, scepters, and the rings of bishops. Amethyst is said to have been the ninth stone in the breastplate of the high priest of Israel, 
and one of the ten stones upon which the names of the tribes of Israel were engraved. Amethyst assists us in eliminating emotion-based decision-making, allowing us to take actions based on higher guidance and spiritual understanding. In healing work, amethyst helps one to understand the root causes of one's disease or imbalances. Its ability to lend clarity assists one in identifying the damaging beliefs, behaviors, and habits that brought an energetic imbalance into the physical realm. It reveals one's ego-driven self-destructive patterns and the root experiences behind them. It helps one to take responsibility for one's reality and by reminding one it reveals one's the whole ones thing. It reveals our ego-driven destructive self-patterns. No, we'll start that once more. It reveals our ego-driven self-destructive patterns and the root experiences behind them. It helps us take responsibility for our reality by reminding us of our co-creative relationship with the universe. Excellent. We thank the amethyst for being here to be so supportive of us. Next, let's look at the natural behavior in the animal kingdom. Neil, would you like to share that with us? Yes, I would. As we may all have experienced and can see here, animals can be both docile and deadly, cute and cutting, meek and mean. Like us, animals can be either and both of those qualities depending upon their situation. A dog is a dog and can be both a hero a villain, and everything in between, just like us. Yes, thank you, Mr. Neal. And finally, our spirit animal for today is on my finger. It is the butterfly. People who meditate on butterflies can... Uh, <laughs> sorry. I would love to hear more about the butterfly. Ben, would you share a little bit for us? I can certainly do that. People who meditate on butterflies can learn to accept and be at ease with the process of transformation. Without having to categorize the caterpillar as not the butterfly, we can learn to see that the caterpillar is itself and the beginning of the butterfly. This animal shows us that although the behavior of the egg, caterpillar, pupa, and adult stages are all very different, they are all part and parcel of the very same being, like us, in our stages. And just for fun, here's a picture of me as a butterfly, which Neil will put in after I send it to him. The butterfly, like the dragonfly, makes a complete transformation within its lifetime, becoming more different, beautiful, and so can we, from the inside out. And our beloved, multi-talented Dolly Parton said it best when she sang her all-time classic song, Love is like a butterfly, a rare and gentle thing. May you love yourself and others in a truly rare and gentle fashion, including everything and all qualities in your kaleidoscope view of life. Until next week, do take excellent care of your fine self, will you? I send you off always with love from Angelique. 
So what say ye? Please share your thoughts and feelings about today's topic in the comments section so we may grow in inclusivity and wholeness together. Thanks so much for watching. It means the world to us. If you liked today's video, we'd be honored if you'd hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, and share this with the people you care about. <laughs> to see more of our videos, go to the description section here on YouTube. And if you'd like to talk about mentoring with me, schedule your complimentary conversation at willyougrow.com. And for now, we bid you adieu. Take excellent care of your very fine self, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Always with love, from Angelique.